Welcome to the What Is Life Dude podcast. We're your hosts, Eric and Sarah. I'm a freelance musician. And I'm a vegan chef and food blogger. This is where we share our thoughts about building a healthy relationship, working as creatives on our own terms, and living with intention and authenticity. We don't have it all figured out yet, but every conversation gets us a little closer to answering the question, what is life, dude? Hello, and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are Eric and Sarah. Welcome black. Welcome black. <laughs> uh, if that is not a good indicator of how my brain feels this afternoon, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like on one hand, I want to restart. But on the other hand, that was really funny. This is just, you know, really raw and authentic here. Do you want to do you want to start over? No, it's fine. It's welcome, fine. Welcome black, everybody. <laughs> we are back in black. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was a funny way to uh, start off the episode. That's literally never happened before. <laughs> I really am back in black. I think I'm wearing the exact same thing as I wore in our previous episode. Are you? I think I am. That's which funny. is, uh, it says get lit. It's uh, in a totally out of season sweatshirt. Because here's the thing, I, in my mind, I dress like a Venusian goddess, but in reality, I'm always cold. So I'm just always, I just always have a blanket draped on me, or I'm just wearing the sweatshirt that I've worn for three days in a row. Did you say Venusian? Venusian. What does that mean? Like, of Venus. Oh, Venus. (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, it's not Venice. (laughs) That Venusian <laughs> Venus. Yeah. Okay, well, this episode is off to a strange start. Um, if anyone's watching on YouTube, if you notice, we keep looking down right here. This is where our computer is that's monitoring what we're filming. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I look at the monitor behind me constantly to make sure that they're both recording because we don't have producers. We don't have people working <laughs> with us. It's just us. And I have to keep one eye on each thing at all <laughs> times. And I'm paranoid. It's going to be okay. Thank you. It's never failed us before, our systems. That's true. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Well, it's funny that the episode has been off to such an odd start because we were originally going to start, uh, we were originally going to discuss rest in Mm. today's episode, the topic of rest, because if you uh, caught our last episode, we talked a lot about burnout and what we've been going through the past couple weeks, uh, months rather. And I, I feel like I'm still on the tail end of, of that, and I'm still kind of finally taking a little break. Mm. It feels like, I don't know, it last... So we're recording this on Monday morning, Monday afternoon. We're finally back to recording it on the day we usually record it. Right. But last week, we ended up kicking it a day late uh, and recording it on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. And so it... it it's distorting my sense of time, but basically I wrapped up all my work for the past couple months. I had a bunch of projects lined up and I wrapped them up last Thursday morning and I have been strictly resting since then. I mean, I still want to do the episode. Maybe yeah. that'll be next week's episode. We will. But we, we, we were just kind of talking about how differently Sarah and I rest need yeah our different rest requirements and it kind of it kind of got me thinking about what other topics ideas like that we can do episodes on Mm -hmm. where they're just kind of like overarching ideas yeah right like the idea of rest um and how we both go about it Mm -hmm. and i think there's an endless 
well of topics like that. Right. So we'll brainstorm. If you guys have any ideas, feel free to let us know also. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something else we were talking about? I don't remember right now, and I'm not going to waste the time on the podcast trying to trying to remember. Right. I wanted some time to think a little bit more about rest because it is such an important topic. I think I, so many of us are so burnt out and just in our modern society, especially here in the States, I feel like everyone's just working and working and working and there's really no time to rest and restore and be creative. I think a lot of us are just exhausted and we lose touch with our connection with creativity and that's that's what depression looks like to me is I know that I'm kind of depressed when even the things I know that I'm passionate about, I don't have the energy for them, which has been the case for me for a while now. Mm-hmm. And now I've had a couple of days to fully rest and just have no responsibilities. I haven't even checked my email. I probably should. See, that's the thing. Even when you're <laughs> resting, you still are accountable to other people and it just makes it hard to disconnect yeah and that's and that's what i was going to mention is that you know from an outsider's perspective well it, it's it's objectively true but you know there are probably people thinking like oh well you're self-employed like you can kind of you can kind of rest and take a break and stop whenever you want mm-hmm. but the pressure that is just on all of us mm-hmm. as a society like you mentioned yeah. it it's like yes sometimes when you're self-employed you might be able to chill out for Mm -hmm. a little and you can't do that when you have to clock in and out nine to five every day um but there is so much pressure to work and work and work and we were talking the other day about how there's just email flooding in all the time (laughs) and it's like you know it's like 10 p.m on a saturday and there's an email and you're like do i answer (laughs) yeah right because 30 years ago there weren't emails flying around constantly it's like oh email is for work and mm-hmm. now there's all this pressure to just constantly be be on duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that's that's what we're going through, as I'm sure so many of you are as well. But I've been a couple days fully, fully resting. And I was just so exhausted. We were sleeping in. And I, today I finally feel a little bit more like back to my normal healthy baseline to the point where I started feeling creative again and researching different recipes i want to try and stuff like that which is good and you said to me you were like oh this is the first time i feel like i have the energy to cook since uh, i don't know Mm -hmm. in the last week yeah that was nice to hear it was i'm happy for you well thank you i'm happy for us since you affect me (laughs) a lot right so i wanted to think more about that topic before doing a full episode so we decided instead to do our reflection on our 30 days of yoga that we just wrapped up today we finished this morning Mm -hmm. um well so before we get into that do you want to do a little positivity box oh yeah that's a good call can i can i do a negativity box first yes very very small yes i had this mustache hair that was sticking (laughs) straight up if i know 97 percent of our listeners are female but if you're someone with a mustache, mm-hmm. you can relate to this. Sometimes the hairs just go straight up and go into my nose and whatnot. So I went into the bathroom and I plucked it and it really hurt. And then it a little droplet of blood formed. Oh. And I just feel like that shouldn't happen. But I have some very sturdy mustache hairs. Hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know, if you, if you link them together, you could 
you can make a fence or something. There's probably a better <laughs> analogy, but I'm not going to try to figure it out. That's my negativity box is that I pull out a hair and it hurt and it bled a little. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Let's, let's be positive now. <laughs> okay, you go first. What a stupid thing to bring up on the podcast. Let's see. I feel like the only thing on my mind is yoga because... Really? I, yeah. Uh, there are a few things. I mean, you made cinnamon rolls, which was really nice. Ah, uh, yes. We've been doing this thing where we kind of independently uh, consume content. Like I'll watch a movie, Sarah will be reading or something, and we'll both be in the room doing our own thing, um, and then we'll kind of join back together. So doing that has been really nice. And, um, you know, Dogecoin. Oh. <laughs> well, this could be a, an all-day kind of topic if you really get into it. It's but... not going to be. But part of my positivity box is I've been doing a lot of research about stocks and cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. I'm not investing all my money. Because I don't want to lose because all my money. Because what money? No. Um, yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> what? I don't. I don't want to lose all my money. But it it's it, it's it's been fun and interesting learning all about these things, um, and it's it's just been a fun little hobby over the last few days. He has been a little bit obsessive about it. A little bit. He just the other day watched the film The Big Short, which is mm. you know about the financial crisis of right. two thousand and eight. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're um, fascinated by it because that's another one, like money investing. It's another one of those practical adult topics that really intimidates me. I know I kind of just know the basics of investing, mm -hmm. like the safe route, essentially, you know, me too. And that's why when I say I've been dabbling with cryptocurrencies, etc., cetera, mm -hmm. I'm not just blindly I, I've been reading a lot of stories about people blindly throwing like literally their life savings mm -hmm. into things they don't really know anything about. Yeah. And I refuse to be that person. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to go one <laughs> cent at a time. All right. But it's been fun. I'm glad. Now it's your turn. Oh. Can My I just... mind is uh, drawing a blank. Really? Well, let me say one, one other thing. I hate my chair. I'm sorry. I keep bumping into it, and it's so loud, and I feel like you guys can hear it, and I apologize if you can. But anything <laughs> positive? Uh, I made some almond milk this morning. <laughs> can you tell how tired I am? I can, yeah. I uh, Just before we set up our room to film, we, we drag this big light up, and we have our camera and everything all plugged in. I was on the verge of falling asleep because... And then I dragged her into the 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 podcasting setup he i was having very odd dreams all last night and i kept waking up and couldn't fall back asleep because they were both nonsensical and terrorizing <laughs> so uh i'm not going to recount what happened because i just explained it to eric and it makes no sense but you know pretzels what was my positivity box oh the almond milk i made mm. i got an almond cow which is just a machine that helps you make homemade nut and seed milk I feel like sometimes we have to allow ourselves to have the same positivity box. So I feel like sometimes you go first and then I kind of draw a blank. But I feel like sometimes they're, or often they're similar. They mm -hmm. can be the same things. Um, so like you've been painting and you painted when I was watching a movie and it kind of, it's part of my positivity box too. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we try not to, yeah. Okay. Okay. On to yoga? Sure. Okay, so I was trying to think of how we could, if we wanted to, like, organize it, 
into like all the good things and all the bad things and all the i don't know but i was kind of thinking maybe it'll flow but it would flow better if we just started talking about it sure okay so i realized way too late that i should be taking little notes after every session just to reflect on how i feel and then i did it like two days towards the end and i was like this is useless i didn't even notice you doing it i did it like after we got into bed um but I should have been doing it the whole time. And the next time we do one of these 30-day challenges, I don't like that word, but one of these experiments, I also don't like that word. Um, I want to do it the whole time. Mm-hmm. So. so for context, if you are tuning in to this podcast for the first time, we have mentioned it in previous episodes because we've been doing this for the past month, but we just followed along with Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. I believe every year, maybe more than once a year, she does a 30-day yoga journey where she just films 30 yoga flows. And actually, apparently, um, the last day, I guess the tradition is that she just does yoga silently and you just kind of follow along to whatever extent you feel comfortable. And so that's what we just wrapped up today. And it was super intense, actually. Do you want to start there? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I just want to say I've done a couple of these yoga journeys in past years I I think actually the first one that I did was in 2018 just after Eric and I moved in together and Eric was still working his job at the time so I'd be at home alone and I would drag my yoga mat onto the very like it was a carpeted apartment but there was this one like very thin strip of linoleum that I would drag my yoga mat into and I just remember doing that in the our dark underground apartment Uh, following along with her yoga journey but I don't think I ever actually finished I I would always like go into it with the best of intentions and then I'd skip a couple days here and there and I'd never get to the end and today when we started the practice and she said oh we have a tradition that the last day of the challenge I just practice silently and you follow along I was like oh I guess I've never gotten to the 30th day because Mm -hmm. I didn't know that yeah. The, the word I should be using is journey, because yes. that's that's what Adrian was calling it, a 30-day yoga journey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I've done, we, we've done yoga together like two or three times prior. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a big thing I learned, and it's just going to keep coming up for me, is that it's it's just great exercise for your body and your brain. Oh, Yeah. I've talked about the, I talked about it a little last week because we started to talk about it and we kind of had to restrain ourselves because we wanted to do a whole episode on it. But my experience with exercise has always been so aggressive and like you have to be dripping sweat and your heart rate has to be super high and like that's the only way you can be getting exercise. Mm-hmm. And the yoga thing has, I don't know, it's just really changed my mindset. Right. Doing something slower and not, I don't know. Right. I, um, what's great is that Adrian designs these to be accessible for any degree of like proficiency with yoga. And as she's guiding you through it, she offers different variations depending on your level of strength and flexibility mm-hmm. and everything. It's very accessible. And I think for, Uh, You and I 
tried to always take it as far as we could when mm-hmm. she was giving options. And I think that's kind of in both of our nature is to really push. Yeah. And I, I think that changed actually a little bit towards the end where she'd be like, well, if you're feeling up to it, you can add in this extra, you know, ab workout mm-hmm. or something. It's a lot of like lift your leg yeah. for four seconds and it'll make it much harder. Mm-hmm. And we were always like, we're both lifting that leg. Right. And then near the end, I noticed we were not necessarily always taking that extra level of challenge because I think what I, I've i learned from yoga is, yeah, that it's not always about the amount of weight you're moving or your heart rate or the number of calories you're burning. It's really about the integrity of the movement. So I think she does a really good job at like what I've learned from doing yoga on and off over the past couple of years is that there's parts of your body and your body can move in ways that you're never thinking about. Because I think a lot of us, we have kind of repetitive days and a lot of us are very sedentary and we're just reinforcing the same movement patterns over and over again. And um, we have a lot of imbalance in our musculature and all of that. And so when she cues you to adjust, like make a specific adjustment, you're like, oh, this is how I'm actually supposed to be sitting. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, this is the line that is supposed to be formed by, you know, my spine and my back and my neck. Um, And so it became more about making sure that we were fully connected to each little piece of the body that was involved, which you come to understand that the entire body is involved in every single movement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's not like when you're at the gym and you're on this machine that is like, has been engineered to really overload the effort for a very small group of muscles Mm -hmm. over and over again. It's like really yoga is about bringing the entire body and the breath and the mind together in, in harmony so I think that's been really useful. Yeah, I I consider myself a strong person. And I, I told myself going into it, like, your strength isn't, it's not gonna, it's not gonna play as much as you think it's going to mm-hmm. when you do yoga. Um, and I was, I was right. But still, there are times where she's like, you know, if if you can't do this, like, that's okay. Here's a variation. Mm -hmm. And there are some points towards the beginning where I was like, who can't do that? Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing that there were a lot of things that I couldn't do. And Mm -hmm. I would have to, I would have to adjust like she told us to. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it was very, it's very humbling. Mm -hmm. And it also just, it showed me that I, I, you can be as strong as you can be. (laughs) You can be as strong as you can be, but it, it doesn't make you strong in every aspect of your physicality. Right. And it really, it very gently uh, beat me down in that way. You know, it opened my eyes. That's her, um, her slogan. (laughs) I gently beat you down. (laughs) Yeah. And like, especially when it comes to the balancing and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Right. I've definitely come to, I mean, I've, I think I've always valued flexibility. It's funny because in past episodes, we've talked about how much of a transformation I had to undergo to be, to change from, you know, this girl who was like, I don't go outside. I don't sweat. I don't like physical activity. That's just who I am. 
And then I became the person who was lifting weights and bodybuilding and powerlifting. And then for a brief stint there that you guys were all (laughs) witness to, I was um, running a lot. So all of that was very, it was difficult for me. Like it was a psychological battle to force myself to play those roles. Oh, I mean, one that I'm grateful for because it does show how malleable identity is and how much control you really do have if you set your mind to something. But for me, I've always valued flexibility. Like I remember as a little kid, I don't know if it was it's like this at every school, but like we're out on, in recess and um, the bell rings and you're supposed to freeze. Did you do that? I think at some point, <laughs> I don't remember what age I was, right. but... Yes. Right. So when you're at my school, at least you'd freeze on the playground for a couple of seconds and then the teachers would come, you'd line back up and you'd all march back to your classrooms. And I just thought it was so funny for me to always, as soon as the bell started ringing, I would go into the splits and I would freeze in the splits. And I think a lot of children, I think a lot of children naturally very flexible. I don't know if all children can do the splits though, but I always, I took so much pride in being able to do the splits. And I think I'm like more flexible than the average person even now, but I can't do the splits now. Hold on. So you're saying that most kids would be like, (laughs) the bell would ring and they'd go like, and they would just freeze and you would be like, (laughs) woo, and like go into a split. Also, that's another thing is that we don't call it the splits where I'm from. We call it doing a split. Doing a split? Yeah. Hmm. Just that's, that's, yeah, whatever. Well... Uh, yeah, so I just I've always identified as like a f- more flexible than average person. I've always liked it. I've always felt like, are you know, there's just some things in life where you're like, I know that my future self, my happiest, healthiest version of me, has those habits. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I would always think about yoga and meditation as two of those things. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, every time I would try to like dive into it, I had a lot of trouble sticking to it for various reasons but for me going back into yoga and then having the added accountability because i was doing it with you it didn't it it felt like me personally Mm. i think Mm. because it is it is i guess some people do yoga especially i guess here in the west like people want to make yoga like a a booty toning yoga session mm-hmm. or something. But I do think it has its roots in spirituality and I'm a spiritual person. So it felt like a little bit like just something I needed mm-hmm. to do. I felt at home with it. I think even on the first day I went into like a borderline, like mildly dissociated kind of like, I don't know. Sometimes that happens to me if I'm like able to relax enough. I like kind of lose track of time And on that first one, I was familiar enough with Adrian's kind of style of directing that I just had my eyes closed the entire time. Mm -hmm. And then that really let, and it was like dimly lit because we would always do the yoga so late at night in our room. We would just have our little wall of Christmas lights on. Um, So, yeah. Well, I noticed a few, a few dramatic things happened on the first practice for me. One of which was, you know, earlier you were talking about how all your muscles are connected and you use them and you don't know. There are so many ways you've never used them before, right? Mm -hmm. And I noticed like the first 10 minutes of the first practice, maybe 15 minutes, we were just sitting cross-legged 
just sitting up straight and I, my back got so tired Yeah, just from sitting up straight. Mm -hmm. I I felt so weak. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I can't even just sit up pretzel style Mm -hmm. with my back straight. I keep like, oh yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Just like hunching. And I literally had to take breaks on the first day and just like, just like hunch over for a second and like take a few breaths and like, okay, now I'm ready to sit up again. Mm-hmm. It, insane how weak my back felt. Right. I was sweating from just sitting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also did the first day was like the one kind of mildly spiritual experience I did have. Yeah. Where I just I I don't really remember, and this is this is why I was saying I, I should be writing these things down. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like this amazing wave of i don't i don't know what i was like ah this feels this is right i like when i gesture so widely my arms get cut off from the shot <laughs> yeah that was that was the first day mm-hmm. keep talking me yeah i feel like i said a lot and i, I just want to tap into your i want to pick your brain mine is it's so scrambled like everything is so sc- scrambled up um cuz now i'm thinking about today and how I feel like aside from the first day, this last day was the most, I had the most feels. I cried a lot during today's. Did you? Mm -hmm. Because I know you cried the first day. So it was longer than... All the other ones? Right. It varies a little bit day to day. Some of them were, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Some of them were as short as like... 17 18 Mm -hmm. minutes today's was 51 minutes and she did a little spoken introduction and then like a a longer yoga flow and the music just kept changing and i've noticed i'm i mean music is an emotional thing for everyone i'm sure but like i've always been very affected by just not electronic music instrumental music Mm. or like if i'm at a at a movie theater or in a a regular theater watching a play or a musical or something i will just always cry when music starts to play during the opening scene like almost always and i don't know why but <laughs> every time the music would change or swell i would start crying interesting mm-hmm. i was weirdly not focused on the music which is something that distracts me a lot because i don't know if all musicians are like this or most musicians but when I hear music and I'm trying to do something, I tend to focus on the music and think about what chords are playing and how the song is moving. And I just think about the music theory behind it. And it is very, very distracting for me. But I, now that I think about it, I didn't notice that at all. I like was mm-hmm. barely paying attention to the music. Mm-hmm. I was mostly focused on, I mean, you heard us mention that Adrian's practices are guided by her voice. And then today she wasn't speaking, like you said. And... I was just focused on making sure I was in the right pose and moving to the next thing correctly and mm-hmm. watching her. Right. Um, so it's interesting that you that you had that experience with the music. Mm-hmm. But I, I know, like when you talked about when you did ayahuasca, how the music, I mean, there's a certain song that you can go listen to mm-hmm. that was playing during one of your ayahuasca ceremonies mm-hmm. that every time you hear it, you will weep. Yeah, I'll be like walking at the park and I'll play it and I'll just start crying. <laughs> which is so funny do you ever do that on purpose because you want to cry and you want to have that emotional response Are you ever like i'm gonna put the song on yeah all because the time. i want to just just fuck me up fam yeah i mean i think actually i struggle a lot with dis- discharging emotions i mm-hmm. get them really 
they get stuck in my body. And sometimes I know that I'm like in a poor mental health space because I can't cry. Like you think someone's depressed and they're just crying all the time. And I'm sure some people have that experience, but it's like, for me, if I'm stay depressed or burnt out for long enough, I start to just kind of come out of my body and dissociate and feel numb to it. And I'll just, it turns very intellectual for me. Mm -hmm. And I can just talk about the reasons why everything is wrong ad nauseum, but I can't, I can't move it through my body. And I think music is a huge, and I feel like, it's crazy. We've had a lot of separately and together, a lot of epiphanies, I think, over the past month. And I have to believe that everything that's going well for us is kind of tied together. So like in the last episode, you mentioned how we were talking a little bit about our health and our relationship with food and how it's improved a lot this month and how you thought it was at least in part kind of related to yoga, making us kind of pause and be more mindful mm-hmm. And I think, where was I going with this? I don't know. I think that I I also realized how important music is to me and how I think music is one of those forms of creative expression that has always been so natural and important to me. Like just naturally, I'm always singing and that when I get busy with other responsibilities that I don't really want to be doing which is what happens in today's society. Mm. Like music is the first thing that ends up going away. And I lose my connection to that source of creativity. And then it makes me ill. And I, I think just connecting to my emotions and my intuition through yoga has made me realize I need to get back to music as an outlet. Mm. And also the name of this 30 day journey that we did was breath. So there was a lot of focus on breath work. And I think breath work is an important part of every yoga practice, but she was especially highlighting it this time. So she taught a couple different breath techniques, breath of fire, um, ujjayi breath, which is where you like kind of constrict the back of your throat and you create this like ocean sound. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I don't think I ever really got. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe we can talk about this for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the frustration I had at some points, right? Because I'm, I'm, I like being good at things that, that I do, mm-hmm. and I'm very stubborn, and I know those two interact a lot inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I noticed when there were things I wasn't exactly getting, mm-hmm. I was getting really frustrated towards the beginning. Yeah, like that. What is it called? The, the what is the breath Ujjayi. called? Okay, that's that one. Uh, I was getting the names confused, but I don't think I ever learned how to do that. Like I, mm. I think that whole, the entire session where we were doing that the entire time, mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of doing it wrong and it was frustrating me and I was really, it was making it really tough to focus on what I was trying to do. Great. And I think I ended up just doing what I thought was the correct breathing technique mm-hmm. and just going with it. Right. And then at the end, like... It doesn't really matter, right? I can go back and, and look it up and inform myself more. But for that session, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's not right, but this is how I'm doing it, and that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Well, you know, I think a huge part of yoga, and at least the way that Adrian teaches it, I think she's always trying to make the point that it's not necessarily about 
what it looks like it's about the feeling Mm -hmm. it's about like trying your best and about just being with the process so i think even when she introduced that breath technique she was saying you know it doesn't have to sound a certain way or be this loud it's just it's another way for you to connect with yourself it's essentially making the sound of the ocean for you Mm -hmm. and when you're in like a forward fold you're creating this little cave for yourself um and it's just for you to hear yourself Mm -hmm. you know and i think i think it's curious too when you talk about your need to do things correctly which i definitely relate to uh and i don't know i just wonder how um how this experience would have been if either of us had done it separately or like in isolation even if we were doing it separate rooms like do you think you would have had the same kind of level of frustration if i weren't there or do you think anything else would have been different i think i would i don't even know how to explain this i feel like i just wouldn't have done it as well you know and tried to do it so nicely um, <laughs> eric does yoga nicely um, <laughs> for 30 days yeah i don't know uh <laughs> do you see how i'm gripping the table Why? i'm trying to make sure my microphone's not picking up any movement um is it you i'm constantly shaking my it's legs are my legs are constantly like okay. bouncing. It was so mild, and I was like trying not to be weird about it. I'm a very fidgety person. Turns out I was being weird. Are about you trying it. to change the subject? No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like if I was doing the yoga practice by myself, I would have given up more on things. Really, there was only one practice during the entire 30 days where I just I didn't I didn't do something, and then there were two movements during that day. Where mm-hmm. I just, I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Because it, it was really late. And th- we'll get into this too. But there were some nights where we did it really late at night, right before bed. And I didn't want to be hot. And I didn't realize that session would be so active. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing that movement. I don't want to be sweaty right now. I'm not into it. I don't want to do it. And I feel like I would have done that more if you weren't there. But since we could kind of see each other in the mm-hmm. room, I wanted to impress you. And like, be like, oh, look, look, look how nicely I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, f- I feel like I, I, f- not that I was even trying to impress you, mm-hmm. but I don't know. You look over and you see me putting hundred percent effort into it. And you like, you like to see that. Mm-hmm. So I like to see that. Well, you in I general. I like to see you putting in hundred percent effort. Like when I looked over and saw you doing stuff, I was like, oh, nice. She's uh, she's really doing it. Really doing it nicely. I don't know. <laughs> like if you looked over and I was just like on my phone, wouldn't you be really disappointed? That's different. That's <laughs> that's an extreme. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, right. I understand. That is an extreme. I understand. I think actually I, I come into this world with a natural, healthy, actually unhealthy degree of embarrassment and mm. guilt which I think I've touched on in previous episodes. I just have always felt like I carry this cloud of guilt and I always feel like people are looking at me like I'm doing the wrong thing. And there were a couple of movements that Adrian would always preface with, okay, well, I know this this might be embarrassing, but I just want you to like, you know, play along with me and do it. So like one of them is knocking on heaven's door, she calls. I wonder if that's 
which the name she came up with. I feel like it must be. She's a little quirky. (laughs) She's like the quirky aunt. And um, you basically swing your arms around and smack your butt. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So that one I don't actually find embarrassing at all. But something I do find embarrassing is when she tells you to say something to yourself. Like she says, like under your breath, say you are strong." strong or something like that for some reason that is really difficult for me and i think like maybe that's the only thing that would change if i were doing it separately but actually in general i think that i i do benefit from having like an accountability buddy but generally i think i do prefer to do like most spiritual things alone which i guess we're gonna talk about also in our episode about rest Mm -hmm. is like my intense need for like at least an hour or so of every day, like in isolation. And I don't know. I just, I'm eager to like, once we've moved some days to like wake up really early and like do yoga while you're still sleeping Mm -hmm. or while you're working in another room and just to see how it feels. Or while I'm watching Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is like, I find myself crying a lot when listening to music or doing um, meditations, especially guided meditations. I cry a lot. And I think there were definitely also other times during the practice when I probably would have just started bawling if you weren't there. I think you're just much more in tune with, (laughs) I don't think, I 100% (laughs) absolutely know you're much more in tune with your spiritual self because Mm. you've been working on it for so long, Mm -hmm. whereas... I this is kind of like the first thing I've done somewhat long term that's that falls into the spiritual realm. Um so this whole thing was much more of a learning process and not like an active doing mm-hmm. feeling process. Yeah. Um yeah. I I keep I, I'm just having one of those days where I have so many things to say and then it and then it flips to me and it's my turn to talk and I can't remember any of them. <laughs> So that happens when you podcast every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, this is something I was thinking about earlier is like a brief little astrology thing. I won't go too d- far down the rabbit hole because I know it's not everyone's thing. But there's two houses that I think about that remind me of spirituality. Can you give a brief description of what a house is? If you look up your astrology, your natal chart online you get this the horoscope right this wheel and it's divided into 12 houses and 12 signs and the house is just a portion of the sky as are the signs but they represent when you're what i got excited i was gonna try to i was gonna try to help answer go ahead go ahead well this is this is the understanding (laughs) i have of it is that all the all the planets everything they all move as everything rotates and revolves right Mm -hmm. but the houses stay locked on the chart don't they well the houses are just they're they just overlap with different signs depending on your birth time and and date but they represent areas of life like domains of life so i think of the eighth and the twelfth houses as very spiritual and emotional houses they're water houses and in the elements water is associated with emotion and i think spirituality too and my, I have my son located in the 12th house and it's a house that's associated with, you know, spirituality, but also isolation mm-hmm. and the sun, right? Is your ego. It's your sun sign. It's just the sign everyone 
happens to know like how much of your chart does anyone else really know right you unless you just... actually look into it right yeah i guess like people know more about their moon and ascendant lately because it's kind mm-hmm. of trendy yeah but the sun is like that big ball of energy in your life force you know and mine's in the 12th house and it's that house of isolation it's a house of water you put the sun into water and it's like it's a difficult placement you know mm. and when i think about learning so much about myself about m- m- who i am in my soul the sun when i am in those isolated kind of spiritual situations mm. and it makes me interested to keep getting deeper into yoga when we were talking earlier about um like that that kind of like perfectionism and that desire to kind of push ourselves athletically as far as yoga goes um i noticed that also i think a lot of people get into yoga and i feel like this is how i was a couple years ago it's like I just wanted to be as flexible as possible. And every time she was giving different variations of how far you could take a stretch, I would just, even if it really hurt or felt like something was going to snap, I would always, always push myself there. And I think now I realize not just through yoga, but through everything I've been going with, going through maybe the past couple of months, just learning how to slow down and understand that it's not so much about the endpoint. It's not about the splits. <laughs> it's about the journey there. Mm-hmm. And if you can commit to showing up regularly, you will get there. And I think that every time we push ourselves past our level of flexibility or strength to a point that's really uncomfortable and maybe even unsafe, it's like it's coming from this place of scarcity and fear that we'll never get to the the place that we want to be if we don't do it now but like i mean life is just it's a journey anything is really towards the end of the 30 days um adrian was more often than earlier on at the beginning of each session she'd say you know just congratulate yourself for showing up on the mat today Mm -hmm. right because as the 30 days goes on it becomes harder and harder to do it every single day right because at the beginning you're like oh hell yeah yeah this, and is, a, this is a new thing we're doing it every day and we would see the the views drop down yeah, oh, yeah every the, single day the first day has like two million views and the last day has like two hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. like that's an eighth an eighth of the people stuck around till the end um or just got held up and they're they're taking their time which mm-hmm. is fine but she kept talking about showing up and showing up i think something we realized is it's part what you just said, which is like just showing up every day is great. But also there were some towards the very end, we just wanted to not do it. Mm -hmm. And we kind of came to this, Mm -hmm. this, uh, this feeling of knowing that it was okay. Mm -hmm. And I want to do yoga forever now after those 30 days. What I don't want to do is force myself to do it every single day. And that's why it's a 30-day process, right? Yeah. And I really, it really just hammered home, like, doing doing what makes you feel great. Mm-hmm. And doing yoga a lot makes me feel great. Yeah. And I learned that doing it every single day towards the end, I was like, I just need a singular day off. Mm-hmm. You know? What was your experience with that? Yeah, I agree. I think 
I think especially because I had gone through that really tough couple months of work and I was getting to the end of it and I just got busier and busier and busier and the deadlines were approaching. I would be working all day and then we do yoga so late at night and I'd feel very frustrated and kind of angry going into it. And I was wondering whether, you know, all of the lessons I've learned about kind of being gentle with yourself and making space for rest, if I was like living in a way that kind of, mm, you know, like negated what I had learned. And so I think there was one day that we ended up, we did 30 days of yoga over 31 days. We did one day um, of rest, which wasn't really a day of rest. Really what happened was I worked until like 2 a.m. that morning. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, well, do we want to do this? Like, do we just want to get it over with so we can finish on time? That That was last week when our podcast episode was a day late yeah it was the night before where Mm -hmm. we were like we literally don't have time to do it right and it's interesting i think that there's no one this is the theme of the podcast there's no one right answer Mm -hmm. it just depends on you because i think that if we had chosen to do it together we would have been just as happy with deciding to do it but Mm -hmm. we made the decision to just rest and i'm very at peace with that decision and i'm glad that we right the spirit of undertaking the challenge is to make time and space for the a practice that brings you closer to yourself Mm -hmm. and so for me honoring like my need to rest that day instead of just tick the box and get Mm -hmm. the yoga done was really important and then the next day we were originally going to stack two yoga days on top of each other so we could get back on track and we just decided you know again i don't think this is this is in the spirit of the challenge so we'll just extend it by a day yeah and i'm glad that we did yeah i think it's almost as i would say it maybe is the same level of importance that we decided to rest that one day Mm -hmm. and make the entire challenge the entire journey 31 days i think that was making that decision was Mm. as good as doing a a 31st yoga practice right you know yeah and i mean i posted a little bit about this on my instagram story today but it felt so fitting that today when i woke up and i this is like yes i feel like scrambled because i had weird dreams and didn't sleep well but it's like this is the first day that i feel like taking a break is finally um paying off for me and I feel like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and feel like ready to work on music or Mm -hmm. paint some more or um, attempt a new recipe without filming it. Mm -hmm. And I I just thought it was very fitting that the most like emotional kind also challenging. I think it was a a really long and like physically, uh, I don't want to say draining, (laughs) physically challenging um, practice today landed on the first day that it feels like a new chapter. Do you know what I mean? Like ending that and just the way that I ended it and the way that it felt so emotional. Um, it, I, I'm glad that it was today and not yesterday. Like, Mm -hmm. and we did it in the morning today. Which was, yeah. Yeah. Which was game changing. Yeah. So I think as we continue to make time for yoga, we're going to try to do it in the morning and make it part of kind of like a routine. Mm -hmm. And I really want to get back to kind of reclaiming our mornings I'm very ritualistic about like always making a healthy drink in the morning, whether it be a juice or a coffee or a weird health tonic. 
So I, I just always want to wake up and do that and then kind of like read and be, just relax mm. and be cozy and then do yoga. Why do you think it's been so hard for us here in California to get up in the morning? And it's <laughs> not it's not even like it's not like we're sleeping 11 hours a day. We we just go to bed late and wake up late. Yeah. We're still only in bed sleeping for 8 9 hours, but our our schedules it we tried to shift it back earlier and it, it always just ends up becoming later again mm -hmm. and obviously this isn't part of the conversation but why do you think that is well I get uh depression <laughs> I, I think that i think actually the dynamic is that like my so i feel like it's interesting while you are the doer of the relationship and i'm like the thinker i guess a lot of what we do is very guided by my emotions mm -hmm. As in, we're so connected, I guess, that if I'm sad, we both feel it mm -hmm. as a couple, and it changes how we show up, yeah. and vice versa. And I think, I think also just our living situation not being ideal for the type of work we do, it makes you kind of... I don't want to use the word complacent. It makes you more forgiving of other things you do to kind of comfort yourself to get yeah, through it. That's definitely true. So we watch more TV here mm -hmm. and um, we sleep in and we're like, well, this is just kind of how we've structured our lives to be okay with the situation, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I used to wake up kind of early back in Colorado, mm -hmm. like at least in our first place we lived. I remember well, waking up and like going on a walk before you would be awake sometimes. We were talking the other day about how there was some point during the summer, if you're a listener to the podcast, you remember that the entire summer of 2020, we uh, got smoothie bowls and <laughs> ma made smoothie bowls like every single day. Yeah. And the place where we used to live, there was a, a restaurant, restaurant, a smoothie bowl shop that mm -hmm. they had like a 7 a.m to 9 a.m special and you got like basically basically it was like two for one mm -hmm. and sarah was like huh we did that a few times like can you imagine being up at 7 a.m and i was like no <laughs> like i can't because our schedule is just so strange and different here well it's also that i think we leave the house much less often because it's a busy city and we just don't we we realized how little we are city people mm-hmm and that's why we're going back to Colorado uh, and living in the suburbs. Um, but just because we don't really like going places as much here, it matters less, I guess, mm. when we're out. And we don't really walk as much outside as we used to. I mean, we go to the park, but we don't walk around our neighborhood because it's not super... Nice? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not like a bad area per se, but it's, I think... You know, the way things look affects how you feel when you're there. So. Our neighborhood has a face made for radio, is what we're trying to say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we just have been outside less. And I think it just... The only thing that I noticed us waking up later has affected is the email situation. Because I have other people mm. that I'm working with on the East Coast, you yeah. know, so... Yeah, I've noticed that every morning I wake up and... There are like 30 text messages from my family mm -hmm. who all had a conversation in the group text. 
before I I've woken up, mm-hmm. and I and I, I I looked at my phone at ten a.m. this morning, and hours and hours prior they were having a conversation without me, and I'm like, wow, I woke up at one p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, they're like done with their they're like halfway through their days. Mm-hmm. It's so strange, but that was a little tangential, but that's okay. Right. Do you want to take a quick break, and then I want to talk about my spiritual and physical transformation over the last month how's that for a teaser is that pretty good mm-hmm. okay so you know what it's time for you yes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for our supporter shout out hi guys we're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters these are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through anchor which is our hosting platform if you'd like to become a supporter as well, you can visit anchor.fm slash whatislifedude and click on the support button. And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our Anchor supporters. Inga Pfeiffer, Morgan Lassiter, Jennifer, Scotty Draper, Glenn Ames, Kevin Dooley, Jessica Chelgren, Marie Zimmerman, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Alexis Dooley, Annalise, Nadia, Teresa Mdara, Kelsey Pritchett, Quinn, Anna Dureka, Megan Stewart, Samantha McIntyre, Dylan Schaubin, and Sarah Creighton. And now back to the show. Okay, we are back. Well, we actually didn't go anywhere, but, you know, the magic of technology. So... The main thing I want to talk about, um, how yoga affected me. Fifty over the minutes last... into the episode, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just waiting. I was waiting for the proper time to get into it. I don't know. Maybe once I say it out loud, it like won't even feel like a big deal. But kind of my entire life, I've been trying to be one of those people that's in shape. It's very. It's actually kind of hard to talk about now just because I I don't I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to say anything that's going to trigger anyone or offend someone um when I talk about the way I feel about my body, right? But I was a chubby kid and I've always just wanted to I feel like I've I've been in this constant stage of this constant state of trying to weigh like a little less, right? Yes. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I would absolutely agree because I've lived through four years of it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. There's always been something in the way, something blocking me from, fe- it's it's not even trying to look a certain way. It's trying to feel a certain way about it. Mm-hmm. And going into 2021, I talked about it on the podcast, but I said, like, okay, this is this is finally the time where I'm going to i'm gonna make myself better in all these ways including physically and i'm gonna do it out of love for myself not out of hatred for myself and then we also decided we kind of decided to do the yoga thing like like on january 1st Mm -hmm. didn't we i think so it wasn't premeditated Mm -mm. i think we like went on well we both follow adrian and she was like oh i'm starting a new 30-day journey this month and on January 1st, we we're like, oh, let's check it out. Let's, you want to do the first day? And I was like, sure. 
And then we put on YouTube and it was like a five minute introductory thing. She's like, oh, tomorrow's the first day because there are 31 days in January. And it was just kind of a thing we did. And it really lined up with this mentality shift I was trying to I was trying to ingrain in my brain, ingrain in my brain. And I don't know, they really just linked up and connected and it worked. I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel so much better about movement and exercise and nutrition Mm -hmm. and eating. My main problem, that's something that is just a part of my family, is we all just like to eat too much. And, you know, we've talked about this. We had similar experiences as kids where we didn't know we were eating too much. And you, you said to me, like, you thought when you were younger, you were just supposed to have a stomach ache after you ate. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had the same thing where I would just constantly, every meal, I would just eat way too much. And I had no idea until much later in my life that you're supposed to stop eating before it causes you physical pain. And I learned that a while ago, but it's still this emotional, comforting thing. And I... I I don't know what it is about yoga and slowing down and feeling connected to spirituality and connected to the world and the food I'm eating. It just ended. It just, it just, it just, it's just gone away in the last month. Mm -hmm. And I haven't felt the need to eat anything I don't want to. Does that make sense? Because you think, well, why would you be eating it if you don't want to eat it? And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really leveled me, leveled me off. Do you think that will persist? Yeah. Okay. Something about that first day of yoga when I said it was very spiritual for me. And I feel weird. To say, I feel like such a poser when I talk about me being spiritual, because I feel like I don't know enough about it. Like you've studied it. You've done the ayahuasca ceremonies. You've been like in that, it. I think everyone has an individual spirituality. We do. And I just, I'm not that in touch with it yet. So mm-hmm. it makes me feel like, like I said, a poser. Like I'm faking it, you know? But I'm not. Because like you said, we <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Um, and as you can see, I'm visibly uncomfortable talking about it because it's so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. but I will own that and I will accept it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I don't know. What have you seen? I mean, part of part of the last 30 days has been what we're eating and you've been cooking healthier, more mm-hmm. natural, less processed, kind of all of these things, which mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, half the reason right. that I've lost a few pounds and I feel... I just feel I feel good about eating and exercising. I think here's the interesting thing, and this is from my very spiritual perspective, um, is that when you try to brute force your way to an outcome, this this same thing we were talking about when we talk about um, forcing yourself into a specific pose Mm. during yoga that you're not really flexible enough for. Rather than acknowledging where you are, when you try to brute force yourself there, you might 
you might get there temporarily, but it will become very difficult to maintain. And I feel like that's why diet culture is so pernicious, because it only focuses on the end point and not it doesn't respect all of the degrees of progress to that point. And when you think about what it takes to create a body, it's the sum of every single choice you've made over the past, I guess, seven years, right? They say is how long it takes for every cell in your body to renew. So we have to always acknowledge that what we're living with is not just, you know, what we're, what we're living with and in physically is not just what we've eaten today. It's really all of our beliefs that have been ingrained in us since we were children, ones that we've reinforced for a lifetime. Like our relationship with food is colored by emotion and experience and you it's not when people say it's a matter of like calories in calories out it's just so overly simplistic mm -hmm. and i hate it <laughs> but if you get to a point where you recognize that you have been coming at this thing from this point of self-loathing or too harsh criticism of yourself if you just acknowledge that and say, I want something better for myself, mm -hmm. that's the very first big step, right? Well, what I said to you earlier, when we were, you know, we have these pre-conversations about our topic, and what I said to you was, I've lost, I've lost weight before, and by weight, I mean, like, it could be, like, a, like five pounds, right? Mm -hmm. I've done it before, and I've brute-forced my way through it, I never thought about it that way until you just mentioned it, mm -hmm. but... I said to you, this is the first time it felt like I wasn't trying. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was just doing what felt natural and comfortable. Yes. And what felt natural and comfortable this time was eating less mm -hmm. and not eating less. Like I'm forcing myself, like I just said, mm -hmm. just eating. Oh, I ate dinner. Oh, I feel good now. I'm done. Mm -hmm. that was so hard for me and i mean it's still like there's still times where i'm like "Ooh, i could let me just go eat some out of the pan <laughs> but for the most part i've just been like oh no i ate and now i feel good and uh time to move on with my life mm -hmm. it's not one of my friends from high school shared i don't know if it was a meme it was in meme format but it was something on instagram about how hard it is to actually eat less mm -hmm. right that's why oh calories in calories out but yeah physically it's simple but mentally it's not and it's not even physically simple because there's so many like underlying conditions mm -hmm. you might have yeah. that could obfuscate that right relationship but but the point of the post was it's like oh if you're not if you're not someone who thinks about food constantly like you have no idea how hard it is and i was like huh I never realized that I am basically always thinking about, did I eat too much? What am I going to eat next? How mm -hmm. does my stomach feel? Just like always thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't even realize it. And that's why I'm trying, I'm trying to connect the dots between the yoga and the spiritual feelings and being in, more in touch with myself, with nature, with the universe. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm trying to connect it to that's made me eat less dessert. Why? why? Mm. You know, I'm trying to connect those dots and I don't, I'm not there yet, but that's why we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm fine with, you know, sometimes in our podcasts, I take the reins. And then I said like five minutes ago, oh, I'm visibly uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, I do get that way sometimes when I have to take reins of the conversation and I'm fine with that. Right. I'm okay. I'm okay with the struggle. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot better when you're saying things and I'm bouncing well, back. But Well, I'm just letting you get it out there because mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. No, I understand. And I've been where you are, I think, before. You. Like, do you know what I mean? I've had food issues my whole life. And I think when you're trying to connect the dots and you're like, oh, what is the commonality here? It's just mindfulness because yoga is about kind of quieting the mind and coming back in touch with the body. And it's actually, I think a lot of spiritual people think that your physicality is different from your spirit. I've never cried on the podcast before. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but it's not because we, it's my belief at least that we choose to come here. Right. So that, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just looking at eric crying and i'm crying now um we choose to come here to experience all that physical life has to offer us it's not about running away from our bodies it's about learning to see where they can take us together with our spirit mm-hmm. so if when something like yoga or meditation it doesn't really matter there's so many different entry points to this um, allows you to turn off your thinking mind, which thinks it knows who you are, but there's something more essential to you than the story, right? And there's a lot of wisdom there, and it kind of relates to intuition, which is what we t- touched on in the last episode, is when you create space for your intuition, which actually knows what's in your highest good, then you're making decisions that feel way more effortless and that don't require the same degree of discipline, it's just about creating space for what's true to come through and guide you mm-hmm. rather than allowing the thinking mind to, which sometimes wants to outsource its thinking to other people who seemingly know more. Right. So I think it doesn't have to be through yoga, you know, it could be meditation. It could be through a long walk. It could be through painting. There's so many entryways into spirituality But if one of those things seems to be kind of beckoning to you, I think it's like one of the greatest gifts you could give yourself to see what it has to offer you because it, it changes so much. It's really like a, it's the ripple effect, you know? I just, I'm just thinking back to when I was like a junior in college after after that year and after I had broken up with my girlfriend at the time, I I had that summer thing where I was like, this summer I'm going to get hot, right? Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I just like really, I just ran a lot and I lifted a lot of weights and I was working at summer camp I worked at and I just wouldn't eat that much throughout the day and then I would eat normally at night and mm-hmm. I lost weight. Like I lost like... 15 pounds i like had legitimate abs for the first time in my life and i think back on that now 
like sh- I felt on one hand I was like I was feeling hot <laughs> and on the other hand I was so hungry mm-hmm. and like it just wasn't it just wasn't right and it's it's weird talking about this to someone who I'm like in in my family like in my extended family I'm the healthiest person maybe aside from Aunt Fran who has been running and walking for decades and she's always been really healthy hmm. but like i'm oh you just come back from the gym like that's us like when we see our, mm-hmm. my family that's what that's what we hear right and there's the fact that i can have such a struggle with my weight and how i look at myself mm-hmm. it's just i'm not even unhealthily overweight right if right. any like I I don't want to talk. I don't want to get into like medical, what the medical professionals say. Mm-hmm. But like, sure, maybe I'm like two pounds, quote unquote, over or whatever. It doesn't matter. And it's just like there are so many levels of people who struggle with this one thing. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's so universal struggling with how much you weigh, how you look, how much you eat. Mm-hmm. And there are people of all sizes yeah, who struggle with the same exact thing. Mm hmm. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, I just want, I I want everyone to be able to have some sort of mentality shift, regardless of how they come about it, so they can um, weep on a podcast like I do <laughs> and feel better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is for anyone but me. Right. I don't, I still don't fully comprehend what just happened, you know? Mm-hmm. I think those things become clearer in retrospect. I think so too. Yeah. I like, I think back to maybe 2015 when I started to, you know, think more about spiritual stuff and it happened because I was in such a dark place. And now I look back and I'm very proud of everything that I've learned and all my progress. Mm. And I feel like, I don't know, I have this kind of mind that is not really ever satisfied with the progress I have made. But it's just important to always, you know, show yourself love. You know, this is why when we were we were having our little pre-conversation about this episode, we I, I feel like we tend to think, do we have enough to talk about for mm-hmm. an entire 45 minutes, hour? Yeah. I always say 45 minutes. It's never only 45 minutes. <laughs> But we always have this kind of, oh, do we have enough material, things to touch on? And I said to you yesterday, I was like, uh, we'll be fine. Yeah. Like, we just, I don't know, I feel like I feel like we just branch off into things. Like, we didn't even really touch on what I feel like. Flexibility-wise? <laughs> yes. I feel like anyone else who does a podcast episode or YouTube video about what happened after 30 days of yoga the main thing is that they became more flexible and we didn't even talk about that right because it's so it's just like i'm i'm glad i did i've mm-hmm. noticed my muscles are less tight when i'm walking around yeah. and going for runs and whatnot but i don't know for me it's been so much more about my mindset and my mentality like i stopped running for the last week and a half because i was like i don't want to run right now i'm i'm doing yoga and then i was thinking well Am I going to lose a little bit of progress on my on my weight loss health kick? And I was like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. 
and it i i didn't i just kept slowly losing a little bit of weight and feeling better mm-hmm. i'm like oh i don't need to always punish myself and run as hard as i can like everything hurt so i just stopped for a week and a half mm-hmm. and we did yoga and everything was still net positive yes well yeah I mean, we talk about physical flexibility, but it's about emotional flexibility. It's about just developing resiliency and learning how to, rather than being exposed to something stressful or challenging, and immediately the mind unfolding this canned response, being in control of that response. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where breath work is really useful, too. So it's, you know, it's about physical flexibility. It's about emotional flexibility. It's about losing weight maybe sometimes, but it's about letting go of like more than weight, right? Like letting go of expectations and knowing that there's more than one way to accomplish a goal. Mm -hmm. And it just is different for everyone. We have to make space for those directions. So, yeah. This was another one of those episodes where the the first 10-ish minutes were very discombobulated <laughs> and we were tired and I personally struggled getting into the conversation, mm. but I think it, I think it was all worth it at mm-hmm. the end. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you want to touch on? I don't think so. I think this is as good of a place as any to mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry for crying and throwing you off. Um, Me? Yeah, I feel I I don't know how you didn't get more distracted by that. Because if I was trying to say something and you started crying, I would have like totally lost my train of thought and been so confused and didn't and wouldn't know how to get back. So good job. You're really good at this podcast. Yeah, thing. it's almost like I should be a therapist or something one day. It's almost like you have a degree in psychology. <laughs> well, that doesn't make you empathetic, but <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You know, yeah. we did talk about one of your therapists a few episodes ago. <laughs> so there's that. I think I'm very good at handling other... It's weird because it's like sometimes I feel like I don't know the right things to say mm-hmm. when people are distressed. But I think more... I think sometimes it's not about that. I think it's about anchoring a specific energy when someone is upset or hurting. I mean, we all feel like that. You know, you've you've told me multiple times that if you're if you're struggling with something that's making it hard to... If you're struggling with something that's hard to see past... And you're like, how is it going to get better? Whatever the case may be. My go-to thing was always to like kind of give you a little pep talk and be like, oh, things are going to get better. And, you know, after many conversations like this, now it's become clear that that doesn't work for you and it makes you more upset. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just how you are. And you said to me a few weeks ago, I don't know, you just you just applauded me for responding to your distress in the right way Mm. and i was like what i feel like i never do it in the right way but that's what happens when you're together for a long time Mm. um and one hopes (laughs) one hopes or you hate each other hey i want your hand i'm gonna give you my hand wrapped in my sweatshirt because your hand is sweaty (laughs) that's okay i love you all the same oh thank you well thank you guys for listening and watching Mm. and hey if you've never done yoga before Give it a shot. Doesn't have to be 30 days in a row, but maybe try it. 
Mm-hmm. You don't even need a mat at first. I did it right on the carpet. And then it you was... stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, d- you said you didn't want it. It's a little bit harder without a mat, but if you just want to try it out, you don't have to go spend $30 on a mat. Just try it out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Me too. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all next week and uh, we'll see you then. Mm-hmm. Bye, Bye. guys. <laughs>